Sun, Chapter 15, Page 251. Emerging from the tunneled cleft in the cliff wall, Claire was once again faced with the sheer drop of it, the certain death if she were to fall. Just in front of her, she was reassured to see the large nest that Ener had told her she would find. She caught her breath, then stretched forward and pulled loose some dry seaweed that formed part of its construction. She used it to dry her perspiring hands, then tucked it into her sleeve. Reach under the nest, he had told her. There's a place to grab onto there. She began to follow the instructions, leaning against the cliff toward the nest. Nest, then steps. The attack was swift, painful, and without warning. From behind and above, something huge swooped and stabbed her viciously behind the ear. She could feel the blood flow down her neck. She retreated from the get and gasped back into the tunnel, supporting herself with her feet pressed against the side walls. She held the wad of seaweed against her wound, but could feel the blood pulsing. Immediately, she understood what she was facing. Enar had made the climb in the winter. The nest had been empty then. Now there must be new chicks. She, yes, she listened and could hear the tiny squawking cries. Peering out, she could see the shadow of the parent gull circling. The neck of her shirt was wet with it, and the flow of the blood gradually eased. Tentatively, she lifted the homemade bandage. Good, the wound was only oozing. The sharp pain had subsided. She knew that she would be bruised and sore later, but that was not a concern now. Her urgent need was to figure out how to get past the nest using its important handhold and to the step-like rock protrusions that would be the means for her final ascent to the top. After testing her legs and feet against the wall to be certain her perch was secure and she wouldn't slip back down into the tunnel, Claire reached back into her pack and took out her water gourd. She drank deeply. Then she remembered the healing salves that Al's had placed in the bottom of her pack. If she returned the gourd, she wouldn't be able to reach the medicine, but she had no place to put the water container. She shook it and realized there was little water remaining. Finally, knowing there was a risking this, she gulped the remaining liquid and dropped the empty gourd into the tunnel she had just climbed through. She could hear its single hollow thud against the wall as it fell, and then silence. Now she was able to reach into the pack. First, she removed her sandals, the laces of which were tied together. She hung them around her neck and removed the container of salve. It opened easily and, and smeared the healing paste thickly on her wound. She returned the small clay pot and the water bloody seaweed to the pack, now which dangled near empty from her shoulders. She felt ready to try again. The shadow of the gull had stopped passing over the opening. She hoped it had soared to the sea and wouldn't return until it had a beak full of fish for its young. She would be fast. She planned it in her mind. She would lean from the opening, throw herself across the steep rock, and make a quick grasp of the hole beneath the nest. From there, she had only to pull herself across quickly and to find the first step on the other side. He had told her it was quite close, easy to reach. She thought it through. One, move quickly, out of the mouth of the tunnel. Two, reach with the left hand, arms stretched across the rock, under the nest, and grab the handhold firmly. Three, push with her legs, holding with one hand how grateful she was now for all those months of arm strength exercises. Move across the cliffside. Feel with her toes for the small ledges. They would help. Four, find the first step of the reach for it with her right hand. Then she could move her left arm away from the nest and go beyond to the place where the gull would see her as a threat. Time to start. 
from her first brief glimpse of the sky when she had tried to reach the nest before she was attacked, she guessed that it was now very late in the day. She must do this quickly. Once she passed this danger, the end was in sight, and she could reach it before darkness. Go. Claire hoisted herself up until she was kneeling at the lip of the tunnel. She reached across with her left arm quickly into the debris that formed the thick base of the nest. She found the knobby handhold there and grasped it. The squawking from the chicks became louder. They were frantic with fear. Holding tightly with her left hand, feeling the strength of her arm, which would now briefly be her only support, she planted her feet firmly to push off and propel herself across the rock. From the sky, its black wings folded tightly against it. The parent gull, summoned by its young, dove at her. She could see its pink legs folded against the white underparts and the red spot at the tip of its razor-sharp yellow bill. But it was just a split second. The gull speared her arm, ripped at it, wrenched it loose from its hold. Claire screamed and fell back into the tunnel, instinctively using her feet once again to wedge herself against the walls. She was bleeding badly. She could see the bone of her arm exposed by the huge gash the bird had made when it tore at her with its beak. She leaned her head as low as possible and took deep, shuddering breaths. If she fainted, she would slide all the way back down the tunnel that it had taken her several hours to climb. She would not allow herself to faint. She would not allow herself to be killed by a bird. It came to her what she must do. She removed the container of salve again from her pack, opened it, and applied it thickly to the gaping slice in her flesh. She used the salve as a paste to compress the wadded seaweed against the wound. Still it bled. The little pot was empty now, and she let it drop, hearing it fall as the water, the water gourd had. She reached into the pack again and found nothing remaining there but the red-covered rock intended as a signal when she had reached the top. She held it between her teeth while she used her knife to cut through the fabric of the pack itself and made a strip of leather. Then she placed the flat rock over the seaweed and held it fast there with the leather strip wrapped tightly around her injured arm. She tested it, moving her arm in several ways, and the dressing stayed firm. Then she dropped the ruined pack down into the tunnel and it disappeared into the darkness. Next, she moved up to the top opening of the tunnel. The gull was circling, waiting. Claire ignored it. She uncoiled the rope that she had been carrying looped around her shoulder. She made a noose. Then, once again, she planned what she was about to do. She did it in her mind, rehearsed it, this motion, then that. She knew she must be very, very fast. Another successful attack from the black-backed gull would bring about her death. She could not let that happen. When she was ready, she thought, now. She lifted her upper body from the tunnel's lip, spun the noose and let the rope fly. It was just a short distance and her aim was accurate. She lassoed the nest, tightened the noose and pulled. It was startlingly heavy for something made of twigs, seaweed and grass, but it crumbled, folded upon itself as she ripped it from the rock, flinging it outward into the air. She watched it and the chicks falling for a moment and the enormous gulls swooping toward it and shrieking. Then she lifted herself, reached across, grabbed the now visible handhold with her uninjured arm, and pulled herself triumphantly across the cliff face and to the steps that would lead her to the top.